0: Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Man, I love, I love life church. I love coming here. It was, it was in July. I look a little different. I think maybe than you saw me last time. I was coming to Wisconsin in the winter. So I grew a beard and I packed my heaviest clothes and I have been sweating ever since I've been here. It has been so warm. What is up with that? Man. Kim sends her greetings. She was not able to come on this trip with me. She usually is not here with me, but she did get to come in July, and she absolutely loved it. You guys were just so kind, and she wanted me to uh, make sure to pass her greetings on to you. So she couldn't make it. You know, there are things in life that you can and cannot do. As the youngest in my family... Now, it's just me and my brother in my immediate family, but in my uh, extended family, I'm also the youngest cousin, the youngest grandkid out of the whole family. In that, there were so many times growing up that they could all go do things, but I couldn't because I was too small. I was the youngest. I remember my uncle built this super cool go-kart that had a, it had a motorcycle, it had a 250, a Yamaha 250 motor on it in this go-kart. And my brother and my cousins got to rip all around the yard while I stood and watched the whole time. And it was like, you know, they would try to be nice, like, well, we'll give you a ride, you know, whatever. And yeah, whatever. (laughs) So my life has been filled with a lot of cannots, and that gets frustrating. And yet it seems like so much in life is connected to whether you can do something or cannot do something. Our attitudes are often based on whether we can do something or cannot do something. We see it in every every part of this country. So you have the redneck. The redneck holds up that bag and he says to his buddy, hey, if you can guess how many chickens I got in this bag, you can have both of them. Of course, you all know the last words of a redneck before he dies. Hey, watch this. You know, there's... There's things that we do based on whether we think we can do it or not. The problem is, in life, it it seems that the cannots have oftentimes overtaken the cans. In fact, even when people look at this book that we call the Holy Bible, some people, even in the church, look at this and they go, ah, it's just a book full of all the things you can't do. And you know what? The the reality is it's the complete opposite. This book is filled with all the things you can do in Christ. And if you will get that mind shift this morning, that life is not about all the things you cannot do. Life is about the things you can do. And I want to start with a passage that has really helped me out in life. And it's found in the book of Philippians. It's Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, at first, I mean, that's one of my favorite verses. It's an encouraging verse. It's an inspiring verse. But let me clear up what it does not mean first. It does not mean that you can do whatever you want to do. It does not mean that you just pick and choose and you can go do it. Even if it's a good thing, it doesn't necessarily mean you can go do it. It's what God has in store for you. This passage, this one verse has often been taken way out of context because what Paul is talking about in this section of scripture, he's talking about how he had to learn the secret to contentment. And how he said, you know what? I have experienced having plenty where I didn't didn't need anything. I had more than I needed. He says, then I've had experiences where I really didn't have anything. And his answer to that was, I have learned in the midst of that, I've learned the secret to contentment because contentment is the key. Right? I have learned the secret to contentment. And the secret, he says, to contentment is this. I can do all things, whether live with plenty or whether live without. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because Jesus Christ can give me the ability to live with a lot. And you know, we, we hear that, we're like, well, yeah, that's the easy part, right? But you know what? There is a humility that we have to have in our life. Even if we have an abundance, there's humility. I talked to a a person I know that has had lots of money. Let's just say that. They are very well-to-do. And they told me, it's funny how people kind of do this reversal judgment with them. Like, oh, it must be nice. Oh, it must be nice. You can do whatever you want, have whatever you want. And frankly, this guy, seemingly... He and his family have had a really great life. They've been able to do a lot of things that a lot of other people's people haven't been able to do. But he says there is such a pressure of responsibility that comes with having. And he says that's what people don't think about. They don't think about the fact that any given Sunday at church, multiple people come and ask, hey, could you help us with this or could you help us with that or or other areas in his life where it just seems like, oh, you can do whatever. But he says, I can't do whatever because it's not my money. It's God's money. So I'm in the same boat that you're in. It's just I have more responsibility with it. And I can't just give it out however I want to give it out. I have to give it out according to what God wants me to do with it. And, and I think it's fascinating that Paul says, I had to learn, I had to learn when I had a lot and I had to learn when I had a little that really the bottom line is contentment. And how can I best use what I have and who I am to serve you in the best way that I can? And the secret is I can do it when I have Christ. I can, I can work plenty and I can work with little because I can do all things Through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Now, I want to, I want to just put that thought in your head that God has given some of you vision. He's given you goals. You have a dream in your heart and this dream has maybe been there for a week or maybe it's been there for 30 years. And you've talked up this dream and you know this dream and you are like, oh, this is my goal one day. And I want to just tell you today that there is a difference between a dreamer and a doer. A lot of people dream. A lot of people have daydreams. A lot of people have dreams of things they'd like to accomplish and things they'd like to do. But if that's all you do is dream, that's all you'll have is a dream. And for some of you in this room today, as we talk about what we can do and cannot do, let me just say this. When it comes to the vision in your heart, do something. Do something. You know, when, when I, I had pastored for nearly 25 years, and we felt the Lord calling me away from pastoring, and what I ended up doing was traveling full time and doing comedy and speaking like I'm doing right now, speaking. And I remember when we had to have that family meeting with my kids, my wife and I sat our, our younger kids down. They were, they were teenagers. And I remember all they knew was dad as a pastor. All they knew was this is what I did their entire life. And we sat them down at the dinner table for the family meeting and, and I shared the news that I'm, I'm no longer going to be pastoring. I'm resigning that position. And they just kind of sat there stunned for a minute. And my, my son says, well, what are you going to do? And before I could answer, my daughter said, what can you do? And, and you know, it was a sad reality for me in the moment. Because I realized my kids are like, but you're not good at anything. Like, what what does this mean? And yet, although it was a pretty funny moment for my wife and I to hear my daughter's response, like, what does this mean? Those words have been absolutely huge in my life since then. Because I get in moments where I don't like a certain situation because I can't do what I want to do. And then the words of my daughter come back to me, but in a unique way and saying, but what can you do? What can you do? Now, what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? You know, there's this, uh there's this, taco restaurant out in Washington. It's called taco time now i love it it's one of my favorite fast food restaurants people tell me all the time it's not real mexican food it's you know but i it's it's good for me i like it and i was sitting there it was about four years ago i was sitting in the restaurant In fact, this is we had a really bad snow day in Washington actually and I was sitting they built a new taco time by my house and in the dining room was really cool. They had this fireplace that was going the whole time and it was freezing out and I walked, you know, from the parking lot through the snow and I I get in there and I order and I I got the seat right by the fire. I wanted that I like warmth, you know, and I wanted that fire on my back and it was so relaxing and so pleasurable that I woke up holding my burrito. I don't know how long I had been sitting like this, but like people have a... Anyhow, I haven't done that since. But this restaurant, they have all these commercials. This guy comes on and he does this really neat commercial about taco time. And I thought, I want to do that. I wanted, to, I've done some voiceover commercials and stuff, and I'm like, I want to be the new voice to Taco Time. That's what I want to do. And I'm, I, you know, at the time I was traveling, I was doing everything and, and doing what I am now, but, but I want to add to my resume. And I want to be the voice for Taco Time. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't, and then this thought came to my mind, well, well, what can you do about it? So I went home, I changed my clothes, I put on a nice shirt, nice jacket. I drove to the Taco Time headquarters, corporate office. And I walked in, and the receptionist says, hi, may I help you? I said, yes, I would like to meet with your uh, person in charge of marketing. And she goes, oh, do you have an appointment? No, but I'd, if it's possible, I'd like to talk to them. Oh, well, let me, let, what's your name? I said, Brett Hollis. Do they know you? No. Are they expecting you? No well let me check and see I I said I just have a you know something I'd like to say to her she calls her she goes she'll be down here in a moment head of marketing comes down she goes hi she shakes my hand she goes what can I do for you I said well (laughs) I would like to be the voice for Taco Time and she said I'm sorry what I said, I said, listen, I love your restaurant. I eat there all the time. I would like to be the voice for Taco Time. And she goes, oh, no thank you. <laughs> now, she said no. But it was interesting, though, because I wouldn't know that unless I did this, right? I could sit at home all day and go, "Ah, wouldn't it be cool to be the voice of Taco Time? Well, now I know I can't be, but I wouldn't know that if I didn't go down there. I told her, I said, listen, when I, w- I was pastoring and for my birthday, my 40th birthday, unbeknownst to everyone else, people gave me over $150 worth of gift cards to Taco Time. I was in heaven. I said, I can talk sincerely about this. And she says, no. every year since then, I've contacted her. I said, I still want to be the voice for Taco Time. And she said, well, it's a family-owned business, and he's a family friend. And I said, yes, but one day... <laughs> she says, I'll let you know. She hangs up. <laughs> but you know what? I could do that. I, I can't make her hire me, but I can go down there and ask her to hire me. Yeah. And for some of you, you're sitting on this golden vision, this dream... And you're wondering why things are not happening. Do something. If you can do something, do something. And you may not be able to make it happen. You may not be able to open the doors. You know, in in my ministry I have right now, I cannot make people want me to come and minister or anything like that. But I can certainly pray and I can certainly prepare myself for when the door opens. I can prepare myself. There's things I can do. So today, let me just say this is part of the message. Do something. Put together a list. What's something you can do today that will get you one step closer to your vision? What is something you can do this week that will get you one step closer to what God has put in your heart? There's some things you can do and there's some things you can't do. Do the things you can do. Okay? All right. Now, here's the tough part. What about when you're in situations where you're doing things, you're, you're taking that advice, and you're doing things you can do, but then you get to a spot where you can't do it. There's nothing seemingly in your mind that you can do. You have this dream, you have this thing, and all of a sudden, circumstances in your life completely enable you to do what you've always wanted to do. That's tough. That's tough. Because you can sit there and you can have this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and it's very true, and he will strengthen you, and he will get you through these times, and you do need to rely on him, and you do need to rest in him, and you do need to trust him. But sometimes, God will allow you to be in a situation that is out of your control, and your circumstances have completely Taking you to a point where you can't do anything like you want to do. Let me, let me give you a few examples. Seth Franco. He was the first Caucasian Harlem Globetrotter since 1942. It'd been like 70 years and he was the next Caucasian Harlem Globetrotter. Now, let me tell you a little bit of his backstory. He loved basketball. He had a college scholarship. He was playing for a college team and In New York and he was all excited and things were going great and all of a sudden he just he had these injuries Well, he ended up having hip dysplasia at a very young age And he was brought into the hospital and he had surgeries and he was he was bedridden Young guy 19 years old couldn't do anything He had he had all of this career in front of him. He loved basketball. He couldn't do anything And he just got frustrated with life. And he had his basketball lay in there and he would pick up the ball and he would spin it and do tricks. And he laid in bed because he couldn't do anything, but he could play with this basketball. And he played with that basketball so much that he got so good at tricks. That he went from being in bed to being in a wheelchair to walking with a cane to walking, to running, and all of a sudden doors opened for him to be in a movie having to do with basketball, and that led him to being recognized by the Harlem Globetrotters, and he became their showman who came out and did all the opening tricks, and it was all due to not looking at what he can't do, but looking at what he could do. And he sat there and he played with that basketball. You know... I've talked to you about my triple amputee uncle here a few times. There's a lot of things he can't do. He can't... When my aunt takes his harmonica away and puts it on top of the refrigerator, he cannot reach it. (laughs) He cannot run with his grandkids. He cannot help. When there's a big family project, you know a lot of times our families come together to help someone with a home project. He... He can't go out and he can't carry wood and nail nails and do all that. But Bob doesn't spend his life looking at all the things he cannot do. He looks at what he can do. And he knows that he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. And so Bob travels the world sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, helping people that are also dealing with disabilities and encouraging them and teaching them, don't look at what you can't do, look at what you can do. The can'ts rob us of the cans if we're not careful. We spend so much time looking at all that we can't do that we complain, I can't do this, I really want to do this, I can't do that. It robs us of what we can do. Let us not focus on what we can't do. Let us focus on what we can do. You remember the story of Johnny Erickson Tata, who when she was 17 years old, dove into shallow water, ended up being a quadriplegic. Couldn't do a lot of things. Couldn't do a lot of things. That woman, to this day, has written over 50 books, is a, a speaker that is in demand in so many places, has started a ministry to help people with disabilities. She has been writing uh, magazine articles. She has started a radio program. Why? Because she didn't lay there and go, I can't do this anymore. She lay there and went, What can I do? What can I do? You see, worry and fear looks at all the things that you cannot do. Hopelessness looks at what you cannot do. Faith, faith looks for what you can do. So don't be sitting there going, I can't do something. Sit there and say, What can I do today? My uncle, 80 years old, two years ago, fell, broke his neck, lives by himself, woke up in the bathtub. He wasn't even taking a bath, but he had fallen in the bathroom, broke his neck, doesn't know how long he was there, crawled his way to the next room to make a phone call with a broken neck at age 78. (coughs) He has been in bed for two years. His neck is healing up, but in the midst of all this, he had a stroke and different things, and I try to see him every week. I I go visit him every week. He, He has his bad days. He has his difficult days, don't get me wrong. But he is always in such a good, hopeful mood when I'm there. He has come to realize there's a lot he cannot do. But he's going to focus on what he can. And he said, you know what I can do? I can pray. And I'm going to pray. My mouth still works. I'm going to pray. And you know what? Two days ago, last night, I get a text from my uncle. I've got your back. I'm praying for you. He can't be here. He can't travel. But he can pray. What can you do? What can you do? You know, it was last Christmas time, last December I was here, and I brought up a scripture out of Hebrews. It was Hebrews 11.34, and it was talking about uh those in the hall of faith, we could say. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 talks about these faithful men and women who God used in mighty ways. And the passage I used said that God turned their weakness into strength. That simple phrase, he turned their weakness into strength. God sometimes allows you to be in a place where you feel weak so he can be strong in you. He will allow you to be in a place at times where you feel like you can't do anything, so he will reveal to you what you really can do. And for some people, when they've been in those situations where they can't do all the things they want to do, it's in that time they discover actually their very purpose in life because they discover something they can do. Seth Frankel discovered he could play with a basketball. And because he played with that basketball, look where it led him. For you, I don't know what your circumstances are. I'm not saying it's fun. I'm not saying, oh, just enjoy what. But I am saying this. You can make it through it with Christ. You can make it through it with Christ. And if you would give thanks in all circumstances and say, God, give me eyes to see What I can do. Hope will rise up within you. And it might be small. It might be the spinning of a basketball. It might be just talking to people. and Just being present for those that come and visit you. I don't know what it is. But if you will take that step and say, okay, here's something I can do. You watch how God uses that. Now... There are some things in our life, though. And there's one thing in particular I want to just share with you before we close. There is something you cannot do. I don't care who you are. You cannot do. You will never be able to do. Even if you try your very hardest, you will never be able to do it. And that is save yourself. That is... Take away your sin and your past. You can run from your past. You can be remorseful for some of the things and decisions that you did and made. But you can't. It's really amazing. You can't save yourself. And I want to read with you a story today that Jesus brought this out clearly to a man who had everything. This is Matthew chapter 19, and I realize that we have gone from I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me to do something to when you're in a situation where it seems like you can't do anything, do this one thing. We're going to end it with something you can never do on your own. Let's look at Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 through 26. Verse 16 says, Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life. Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter eternal, if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who was rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Interesting story. This guy's super wealthy, young guy, full of life. But there was something in him that he knew that wasn't enough. You know, wealth wealth is not going to make you happy. He knew there was something beyond this. He had lots of wealth and he he wanted to know what is it I need to do to get eternal life. And I find that interesting because we are created in the image of God and we are created with this understanding that there is someone bigger than us. There's someone greater than us. We have this, we we are born with this understanding that there's something greater outside of us. This guy is like, what must I do? You see, he had this mentality. He had this mentality that he needs to do something to get saved. There's something he needs to do. He's always been able to buy his way into things. He's always been able to do something. He's been taught most likely here under the law that you got to do something to please God. And he's saying, what do I what do I do? What can I do to be saved? And if you look at the story, some people look at this and go, wow, that's weird. It seems like Jesus is telling him, really, there's certain things you can do to be saved. But it's really not what he's doing. And we know this because it would go against all the other teachings that Jesus did on grace and that you cannot save yourself. So the key here is looking at really what was Jesus trying to do? Jesus was trying to get to the heart of the issue. And the heart of the issue is the fact that this man was rich and he just wanted to add one more thing to his wealth. And Jesus is saying, do these commands, do these. Well, I have, I have. And what I find interesting is he says at the end of the list, what is still missing? And Jesus hits the cord. Well, go sell everything and follow me. That's exactly what he did. (laughs) He didn't like the sounds of that at all. And he went walking the other way. You see, Jesus knows the cords to hit in our spirit. We think we're doing good. We think we got it together. And he's like, where's your heart on this issue? Where's your heart on that issue? And and we hear that this guy, there was a limit that he had, like he put a line in the sand and there was a limit. What can I do? Okay, what can I do besides that? I think sometimes in our lives we're like, well, I want to be saved, but mm, I don't want to give up that. Tell me another option. There are no other options. And this guy walks away sad. Jesus makes this statement about it's hard for the rich to come into the kingdom of God. Please, if you're rich in this room, it's. he didn't say it's impossible. He just said it's difficult because sometimes wealth can get in the way. We see this in society. But the point of the story the point of the story is the very last thing Jesus says. When his disciples in verse 25 say, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. There was nothing he could have done. There was no commandment. There was nothing he could have done that would, given him, would have given him the ability to be good enough to come into heaven. And then he ends it with this, and I love how Jesus ends it, because it's like this exclamation point. But with God, all things are possible. And that is the Christmas story. The Christmas story is there is a world full of people going, well, how do I get saved? What do I do? What what am I supposed to do? What can I do? And Jesus is saying, you can't can't do anything except receive what I've already done. So Jesus came to this earth in the form of a baby. He walked this earth. He showed the Father. He described eternal life. He did miracles. He did all these things backing up what he said. He died on the cross. See, Christmas, we celebrate his birth. We celebrate his coming, but that's only the beginning of the story. He came To die that you might live. Because there is nothing you can do. There are things you can do in your life and you should get busy on it. There are things you can do for your vision. So go do something. If God's called you to write, then start writing something. If God's called you to start a business, then start taking steps to do that. But when it comes to saving your soul, when it comes to one day going to heaven, when it comes to experiencing and enjoying full life, eternal life here on this earth, right here and now, there's nothing you can do. In fact, Jesus said, no one can come to the Father except through me. And he made it very clear, you you won't even take a step until I do something in you either. Like, God does a work in our heart. He does something you cannot do. And all we have to do is just like as Christmas morning is full of gifts around a tree, all we have to do is receive it and open it. And I want to encourage you this morning. Look at this one thing that you cannot do. And let it just draw a smile on your face that says, but nothing's impossible with God. I can be saved because of what Jesus did for me. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? You know, it's kind of an interesting message. It's a very simple message. From a simple guy. There are different points to this message that hopefully you can relate to. But this last point is really the most important. It's that one thing that we cannot do. But he can do in us and through us. Today, if you're here and you know this story and you have received the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ by accepting what he did for you on the cross and receiving that gift, then celebrate that. Live a life of celebration. I mean, let it be Christmas morning every day. Be that like that kid that comes downstairs and is just in awe of what the tree looks like. Be that in your life. like Live your life as though every day is one gift after another from God. Even in the moments you cannot do the things you would like to do. Look at it as a gift from God, helping you discover maybe something else you had never even thought of. But if you have never come to the point where you even realized you need a Savior and something has just flipped in you this morning, you didn't even try to make it happen. It's just like you were just sitting here minding your own business. You came to church because you lost a bet, or grandma, you know, please come. Whatever the case is, you came maybe today with one thing in mind, and God came with something else in mind. God wants to absolutely change your life for the better. God wants you to know him, experience him. God has so much more for you than you could ever, ever imagine. And it starts right here today, right now. If something flipped in your heart and you're like, I am like this guy. Whoa. I, I need eternal life. How do I, How do I get it? You cannot make it happen yourself. You cannot do anything. But today, will you open your heart and just receive the gift from him? Will you receive Jesus today in your life in such a way that you say, I believe and I receive. I'm going to say a prayer, and if that's you, I just want to encourage you. Just whisper to the Lord, that's me. That's what I want. I'm tired, I'm tired of running around, I'm trying to tired of trying to make it happen, doing things I, I don't have control of. Lord, I surrender and I just receive. Whisper that to him today. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you so much for Life Church. I thank you for all the things we can do in Christ. The list is so long we wouldn't even have time to go over it all today. But Lord, I even thank you for those times that we're in situations that we can't do certain things because faith looks for what we can do and we might discover brand new things that we never even thought of before. And those things that we discover might end up being the very path that you send us on. So Lord, we give you thanks for that. But Father, I give you thanks for eternal life. I pray that no one in this room today, Lord, turns away sad like the rich man and walks away from opportunity because of something they love more. God, open the hearts. Let us receive. May that Christmas spirit fill our hearts today to overflowing. And Lord, may we walk out of here with new eyes seeing all that we can do in Christ. God, bless each one here today. Bless this church and this community. And may you be known, may you be known by each and every person here today. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much.